We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to PerpetualChessPod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We are joined by yet another long overdue guest, someone I've been a fan of for many years, and we finally got him on the pod. He is a popular streamer, a chess.com commentator, YouTube, and most of all, in my mind, an extremely ambitious player. Uh, He's a FIDE master, but despite his many responsibilities, still training hard for the IM and GM titles. He's also a blitz beast, so that probably uh, helps these ambitions. But I'm excited to talk about all of his content projects and uh, the the OTB grind and everything else. So let's welcome the Jedi master, the FIDE master, James Canty, to Perpetual Chess. Welcome, James. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, Big Ben, man. I love it, man. Perpetual Chess. I've uh, watched a lot of these, in fact, listened to a lot of these, and it's fire, man. I like seeing it. And it's, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm like, sweet, man. Absolutely. Of course, I would love to be on the pod um, and listen back to it as well, because I've listened to many of these before. So pretty fire. Thanks, man. Well, the the admiration is mutual. I mean, 
I've mentioned this a few times over the years, but obviously I have a big list of people to reach out to and then get stuff incoming based on content projects, especially. So you've been there from the beginning. So I'm glad we can finally make this happen. Because right. <laughs> yeah, so much. There's so many people to make content, so many people that you can you know, have interviews with. So it is, I'm, I'm grateful to be one of them here today on, on uh, something we all listen to. Everybody know about Perpetual Chess Podcast. Thanks, man. All right. Well, let's get into it. So what I want to start with, James, is your work ethic, because 30 years of age, correct? 30. Just turned 30. Yeah. 31 yeah, this so year 30, in July. 30 years of age, right around the age that a chess player peaks. Yeah. Obviously, you've got a lot of responsibility, you know, um, work, uh, kids, you're a fit guy, as we'll talk about, a lot going on, streaming tons. Um, but Whereas a lot of people might either go on cruise control or stop playing OTB entirely, it seems like you grind super hard. And I'm curious, what motivates you? What is your why, James? That's a great question. Of course, Simon Sinek has a book that says start with why, right? So the why thing is very important. And when you, my why, of course, is to always be great. Always, um, all My why is my sons. But also before my sons, it was that I wanted to be and still want to be one of the black, the best black chess players on the planet ever of course especially uh, in my lineage of uh, african-american chess players there's only like a few grandmasters ever that ever played a game maurice assey is the one that everybody knows but there's others that people just never even know about right and that's crazy but of course i would love to be in that uh, in that uh that realm and one of the best of course that uh don't stop i also have a goal to you know be one of the first black 2700s or at least there is a, a basim who's from egypt but I'm talking about just like from U.S., Detroit, Michigan, 2700, right? Did it. That's a goal of mine, obviously. I would say shoot for the moon. If you miss, you hit the stars. I hear this a lot for motivation outside of the chess, like just motivational stuff like that. But the why is really just being a better version of myself. So something that my kids can look back on, right? And me also be, uh, you know, one of the, the best black grandmasters uh, in the world. I mean, that's admirable, but one could say you're successful either way, right? Like you're, yeah. you're a FIDE master, you've got a big following, uh, yeah. good job, uh, you know, providing a good role model. So what is it specifically about the grandmaster title that makes you put in all those hours? Uh, it's, it's the fact that, you know, for me, I guess I uh, can be competitive all my life, but um, just having that, that competitiveness of saying that I actually want to go to the top. The GM is GM is the, the best of this game. So if you play any game, for instance, or basketball or football, the highest you can go is NBA or NFL. And then there, you're superstar, MVP, or you know, starting, I'm always in the game, or um, I get uh, huge salary caps and stuff like that, because that's the highest that you can go in the game. So for chess, the highest you can go is GM. They also have super GM now which is 2700. So once 2700, of course, I always say like, uh, you know, if you, you, you uh, shoot for the moon, you miss the stars, right? So if I hit 2700, then another goal would be, you know, something else, 28, right? You just want to shoot for something so that you don't get comfortable. And the problem with being comfortable is when you get, get comfortable, you start to decline. So never, you know, I want to be, be comfortable in the game because then that's when I'm just going to be worse and people that are behind me are going to catch up. So I'm not into that. Okay. Um, and what's the work regimen look like these days in terms of, I mean, because again, you've got yeah. all your work stuff and then you're hitting the books on top of that. So That's what right. do you do to hit the books? Uh, in fact, I study uh, tons of uh, opening theory, tons of tactics. In fact, uh, right now it's like 70, 30, 70% opening right now and 30% more tactics. But of course I do, uh, I had that flipped before. For me, for the last year, it was a lot of 70% tactical training, calculation training, calculation over everything, my brand, right? COE, I was doing a lot of calculation training and then I would do opening afterwards. But right now I did a flip because I've done that work. I've done, my puzzle rating right now has just reached a new high yesterday, 3571. 
is my puzzle rating. I just did a, I also do puzzle rush every day. We say clean, clean 50 a day keeps the doctor away. So we're talking about on chess.com going to puzzle survival and hitting 50 clean, not getting any of them wrong. So if I get to 49 and I get one wrong, then I literally have to start over. Even if you got all the way to 49, it took you 20, 30 minutes, you get to 49, you get one wrong, perfect, start over. It's discipline. So I have to do it every single day. And the stream shows me, the stream uh, sees it every day too as well. But that training, yes, I only do like 30% of tactics training now. But before then, like I didn't, I got up to 2,200 over the board, barely. I, I think I just, I finally figured out what a Sicilian was, right? When I was 2,200, right? So it tells you how many openings you actually need to study getting up to those levels. So once I got, you know, there, then uh, in, in, most recently in the last year, I've been working a lot more on my opening prep, but it, it's uh, nothing compared to, you know, the tactical and calculation training I do. Yeah. And we should also say for listeners, James, of course, when you're, when you're at the level where he is working for the IM title with your eyes on the GM title after that, like openings take primacy. But when you're still climbing the ladder, um, a little earlier in the journey, um, openings matter, but, wow. but that you were probably doing even more, uh, tactics work man. tactics work i was running through tactics books like water as a kid i remember uh, uh, and every time they like hey canty what should i do for this rating range i'm like tactics but every time i say that they just like oh okay i do tactics every day but they don't understand the multitude of tactics is what i'm talking about i used to read book after book of tactics as a kid when you know you don't have time i mean you you have time like you just go to school you come home your parents pay all the bills and like you just do whatever so i was reading chess books and I had three different tactics books. Can't remember them now, but one was a blue and white one. One was a red one. And one of them was like test your tactical skill and it gave you points for each tactic. And then at the end, you could like tally them up to see what your rating is tactically or whatever. I think mine at the time was like 2300 and I was like in 10th grade or something like that. But it was nice tactically. So tactics, so just doing all these tactics and tactics and tactics, it is imperative that you literally go crazy with tactics. I always tell people, look, two hours a day, like if you can Ideally, if you can't, then that's totally fine. But try to reach for two hours a day of tactics training, puzzle training, looking at positions that are very tactical, looking at very hard tactics. Do the small, do the easy ones because you need those, like the layup. I always say like in basketball, you know, um, the the uh, the NBA players, they still warm up. And even though they've done 500, 5,000 shots, 5 million shots, however many shots it takes to get to the NBA you know, they still go and they do layups and they warm up line. Like they never did a layup in their life, but they still do it, right? So it's the same thing with the tactics. Like you have to hit these boys hard every day, hours a day. And then at some point, okay, you can switch up. You can add and expand to your repertoire, um, meaning uh, openings and stuff like that. But look, I can play H3, move one, and win majority of the games from somebody lower rated because I'm going to beat you somewhere tactically or something like that. I used to win many games this way. I remember uh, growing up through the ranks. Where it's just games that I know I shouldn't have won that game. But tactically, I did because they blundered somewhere because they're not working on that aspect of the game. All right. Well, good advice there. But, I mean, I think a lot of people just feel like they, you know, what you say makes sense, but they just don't have two hours. But I could also see someone, like, from the outside looking in saying, you don't have two hours. Now, you do sometimes stream your study, so I'm sure that, that helps. We'll get to that. Right. But for starters, James, why don't you just take us through, like, a typical day when you're not traveling you're at home on the grind. Uh, take us through sunrise to sunset. So it depends on the day and what's going on. But a typical day, like I'll get up. Usually, eight, if I'm not taking my son to school, like sometimes their mom has them. So um, I get my sons every other weekend and stuff like that. So if I'm if I don't have my sons, if I have my sons, then I'll take them to school. I'll take one to school, and then I'll be up already seven eight in the morning. So I'll take uh, an hour or two to study. Usually, I like to do that. So it's an hour or two there. Then I'll do some chess work during the day, like com uh, commentary or videos 
or some lessons or anything like from a sponsor. I work with them, finish that, and then I have usually two, three hour blocks, so I'll study then. And then after that, I'm uh, relaxing, get my son from school, do some other stuff, and then I'll stream at night, but I'm also studying while I'm streaming. So like I'm doing puzzles, right? I'm also looking at games that was played today, and I'm playing games as well. So in a, in a day, I clock, and then after the stream, which ends at like one, two in the morning, I'm not really sleepy yet, I'll take another hour before I go to bed to, sleep, to, uh, to study a little bit more. So I clock sometimes, five to six hours a day, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but always up to five hours a day of study. Amazing. And what's your Twitch community like? Like, do you get people coming on? Like, come on, Canty, we don't want to watch you study. We want to watch you do <laughs> Some people I do get it, uh, but those these are all new people. All new mm -hmm. people that come in and I'm like, oh, he's brand new. Welcome to the stream. And I have a today command to let people know this is what we do. This is a improving stream. This is not a stream. This is entertainment, but entertainment is usually at night. And even at night, we still have improving because I have to do the clean 50 before we do anything else. The stream could go three hours. If I didn't do 50, we going to stay here till I get 50. But that's the discipline. So usually I get it now within yesterday was a record 15 minutes got in there 15 minutes later the 50 was done so definitely just flying through them but um some days some days it's tough some days i'm a little fatigued from studying all day so i'm like oh i'm getting them wrong and then 40 minutes later i'm still trying to break 50 right so um but it's fun bro it's really amazing when the people come in and they're and they're, they're new and they, they say hey can you uh play some chess i'm like hey man look this is why we're improving because we're studying right now and then we're going to go play chess. So I need you to do the same thing. So they didn't understand, oh, this is an improving. This is a, where I'm going to learn. I'm going to improve. And we're also going to play chess all at the same time. And, you know, any content creator is going to have to deal with sort of questions about balancing, say, commercial interest and um, self-advancement. Um, now, it's obviously good for your chess, what you've done. I think you've got like, you've got what, over 30,000 Twitch followers? How many? Actually, yeah, I'm at uh, 35 right now. And that was like literally not about a week ago. May, I mean, it's like maybe five days. We've been at 35,000, but we had 30, we, we were at 35, eight. So it's blowing, it's spiraling now because Great. I'm streaming twice a day. I usually stream, I usually do one a day, but with the acquisition of Chessable and Play Magus Group, I can now uh, stream some chessable streams because you know there's we're gonna come we're now. gonna come back to that in a minute. I got <laughs> yeah yeah because I because I gotta finish my question, which is right. obviously you're crushing it. You're doing quite well, and as you say, yeah. uh, seem to be gaining momentum. But right. do you ever wonder, like, if I was just playing bullet chess or like whatever, you know, watching Hikaru play, whatever the masses want on Twitch, I might have even more viewers. Like, does yeah. that sort of thought cross your mind? Absolutely. Of course. I'm always uh, I'm just I like the fact that I'm blended in everywhere. So everywhere that I go, any stream that I go to, there are people that are like, oh, that's Canty. Like, or who are you? Or like, people know of me or they don't know, but they really like me. So it's really cool. I remember it used to be, you know, like, who are you kind of thing. But everybody really kind of knows me now. So it's really easier to go and um, and get follows from people or just hang out anywhere and be interactive. It's real cool. It's real easy. I like the people come into the stream and find me a lot more. Um, well, I have seen you, I've seen your stream from Ikaru. I've seen, I caught you from YouTube. I get that a lot now for coming to, uh, when they, when people come to the stream, or oh, I found you from a YouTube video, or I saw you in Hikaru's channel. I saw you in a uh, commentary somewhere. These are the main things now for newer, for new viewers is, uh, them seeing me somewhere. I'm even, I'm, I might have, a, I have a, a bot on chess.com and I'm yeah, also big fun. with chess kid. Yeah. I have a bot on chesskid.com. So I'm big. I'm a chess kid coach as well. I, I tell coach a lot of kids. I think that, and I believe that training with kids is the future for people that for adults that want to improve. You can also improve with children, 
by teaching children, not maybe a, the not the basics, but like more advanced children. Like I, I train some kids. It's like sixteen hundred, right? A kid, sixteen hundred, like and training them. And we talking about triangulation, right? So, right. but it's very nice, and I'm learning stuff actually as I'm going with these kids. I'm a chess kid coach as well, so they find me from that. So really, just being my being everything. I was blessed enough back back in 2018 to just be full time chess, and now. I'm all doing that, and I know for me to make GM, the only way that I'm going to be able to do this is I need to study all day, every day. I have to be around chess because if I have, I mean, now it's, it, I could do it without it, but it's much harder because I have to go to a job where you know I have, I have to stay away from chess for set many hours, and I have my mind on chess for say eight hours while I'm at work, wherever my day job may be, right? So um, I had to make chess the full time thing, and now that I'm able to do that, I have more time to to play chess and, and hit hit the goal. So that it sounds like that kind of factors into your calculus because like, okay, maybe if you played Blitz, like you might have more subs on Twitch. I don't know, <laughs> but that's just that's just a portion of your income anyway. And right, you're kind of right. looking long term big picture that if you have a grant if if you can achieve your 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 dream, become a grandmaster, obviously downstream that's gonna have uh, even more growth. Absolutely. Well, of course. Uh, I mean a thousand percent it's gonna be it's gonna be magazine type growth because of uh like I'll uh, put you on the front of the magazine because like there's no other. The last black GM was Maurice Ashley. Actually, sorry, no, that was uh I think Amos Sumote or Kenny Solomon. I think it was Kenny, but it was uh I mean you don't even hear about these guys, right? So it's um it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be absolutely huge. People see it. People know that I'm doing it. I'm improving. I had my best tournament ever in the last tournament I just played. I played four grandmasters, and I always put it in perspective to let people know over the board chess. I played four GMs. Three of them was back to back. And imagine that you play four GMs and you only lose to one of them, right? You only lost to one in the classical time control, the hardest setting that you have against the toughest competition. And you played four of them and you only lost to one. Something's clicking, it's working. And from there, I think uh, that was my last tournament in Charlotte at the U.S. Masters. It was uh, it was the biggest confidence boost that I needed going into 2023, letting me know, oh, yeah, I can really do this. I already knew that I could. But, of course, when you start seeing results, and results come from work. So me just constantly working, consistency, discipline, working and leveling up. That's my uh, resolutions for the year, obviously. But at the same time, it's working. I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm getting the fruits of the labor by actually, you know, playing and studying and believing in what I'm believing. I'm preaching it to everybody else as I stream and I'm showing it in the results, especially in my last tournament. Okay. Yeah. And I want to get the full breakdown of what you have planned in terms of tournaments, but I, I didn't mean to, well, I sort of meant to, but I, when I cut <laughs> you off, I meant to return to the topic of, <laughs> yeah, of you, uh, you streaming your chessable courses, which of course, you know, with the chess.com chessable merger, I know Jess, right. shout out to Jesse cry. He's yep. excited. He's been doing it on the DL. Now he can finally come out in the open and right. uh, stream his chessable. And the same for you. So uh, what is your chessable regimen? Um, anything in particular you're working on right now? Uh, what's funny is I said people like, just come to my stream because what I have, when I, I like to show that when I scroll, I have four years. Like if I go to my chessable right now, it says I have. So first off, uh, there's a streak. So you know, if you're on every day, you get a streak. So my streak, and I always ask people, I'm like in the chat, hey, what's your streak? I just want to see what's your highest streak. And some people say, oh, I'm like 350, 350 days. I'm like, that's nice. You know, 500. Somebody say, I was like, that's awesome. Here's mine. Mine is 1,162 days in a row. Wow. That's like three and a half years. I didn't, somebody told me it was like three and a half years or something like that. So I'm like, oh, cool. That's a lot of days. I didn't care because I'm like, I'm doing this every day. I'm, it's discipline. It's work. It's another day in the office to me. But chessable books wise, I scroll every time I tell people, they, well, there were books you have. Or like, are you afraid somebody's going to prep for you? And I just scroll. And I scroll for like literally about a minute or two. I'm scrolling <laughs> to show all the books that I have in chessable. 
that I'm like, yeah, if you go and prep, you're going to have to do a lot of prep because there is a lot of stuff I have in here. And you don't know what day. Some days I'm studying this. Some days I'm studying that. I looked at a game. I got inspired. I want to play this. Let's that. And I like the universality. To, uh, even uh, my screensaver right now is about a quote from Fabiano talking about most players are universal. Are universal. Most of the best players are universal, but what separates them is their calculation. And I really was hyped because calculation of everything, right? So, but it was, uh, it's, it's huge um, that I, I do so much trustable work. I did a lot of tactics work in the last year. Now I'm doing more opening work. But in the last year, I did, a, I mean, a, a, a tactics book that I used in there that said uh, you have to be about 2,200 feet before you open the book. And it is a very hard book. The tactics are sometimes 15 moves long. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Maybe not 15, but like close to more than 10. Like, I'm like, bro, this is ridiculous. This is a tactic. And I was like, I understand why it's 2,200 feet A plus. But I remember going through it a year ago in December um, and December of 2022 um, when I got my sorry December 2021 when I got my uh, when I um, got my my coach my my mentality psychology positional Russian coach I was working with him and he was like yo every time every time I would move uh, or ask him a question about a position he would tell me to calculate and this is kind of where calculation of over everything came from every time I would ask him hey this you know um, what about this question what about this what about this deep questions cool that sounds great calculate it and I'm like wow so it's something about this calculation thing that I didn't really paid much attention to. So I started calculating more. I started working on it. January of, of uh, 2022, go to New York and I beat my first GM. After working with this coach and working with calculation and working with tactics in a deeper way than I've ever done before. I've done tons of tactics, thousands of tactics getting to where I am. But that 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 was just a huge uh, turning point for me, a breaking point where like, you know, look, calculation is important, very important. It's really over everything. I need to train my mentality as well. And now uh, now after going through all of that, I do the opening books mostly now um, just to stay. You know, uh, I like to get um, advantages, small little advantages here and there because my tactics, I rely on that. My positional game is good, too, as well. So I worked on a lot of everything. But right now, Inchestable is really the opening work. Okay. And do you remember the name of the calculation case you, course you were referring to? Uh, in fact, uh, those are a few. I have a, a Grandmaster Preparation, all of those by Jacob Agar. Those are all good. Um, the only ones that are on chessable are positional and calculation. The ones that you want to get offline are thinking outside the box, um, attack and defense, and uh, in-game play. I read all of these from Jacob okay. Agar. Those are the ones that you can get probably on forward chess if you want to do, or I got the hard copies literally looking at them right now, but I got the hard copies um, uh, as well in there. So those are those are really good. There's also one encyclopedia combinations. Like this is a secret book, but this one also, that's the 2200 feet a book. They, like you have to open it. And I mean, it's cool to have, but it also is the hardest book you ever going to go through. And if you aren't ready, just don't open it. Like just don't, because you will get discouraged reading that book. I was looking at some stuff. There's like basic, advanced, intermediate, and advanced. And in basic, I was like, bro, this is basic. I was like, bro, I don't even <laughs> want to know what advanced look like. But now that I'm, this was you know a year ago, and now looking back at it, I only do the advanced ones now. But I was like, I was strong then, and I was doing the basics. And now looking at the advanced ones, they're much easier because I've been exposing myself to that type of uh, level of tactic, that hard stuff that like will come second nature to Magnus or a twenty seven hundred. They like, oh, that's this, 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 because they already put in the reps there, and that's where I'm at. Okay, and uh. At a slightly lower level, although not still reasonably challenging, I've heard you recommend uh, forcing chess moves on chess. Oh as man, well. forcing chess moves is amazing. Forcing chess moves is probably the, one of the biggest chess books, or one of the best ones that got me thinking um, more of like. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a quick story. Forcing chess moves, that's like maintenance. Somebody downstairs doing some work. Okay, sorry maintenance. for the noise, listeners. No, Go it's on. all good. Yeah. So, forcing chess moves, um, quick story. I remember I won $20,000 in 2015. Yeah, 2015 at the first millionaire chess. 
And I remember the three books I read were uh, Chess Openings for White and Black Explained. Those two. And Forcing Chess, which is why if people know my, my repertoire, Hyper Accelerated Dragon, oh, I love playing that. Now, of course, I am well-versed now in many different Sicilians because I've expanded my repertoire. But Hyper Accelerated Dragon for Black. Um, I would play Bogo and Nimzo India against D4. Because uh, that's everything that they gave me in that book, I, I, I go through. And I've done it. I still use some of the lines today. This book, that book, both of those books said, uh, uh, the Chess Owners for White and Black Explain, it said, um, excuse me, you can use these books for a lifetime. And I was like, wow. And he was like, you can even face a grandmasters with this. And I'm like, oh, cool, really? And it really got me. And I, he's right. I drew one of the first grandmasters over the board in the Accelerated Dragon, the Knight G4 line after they take Queen takes D4. And, um, and I drew Kodrick De Dennis, and it's actually a very strong grandmaster. So I remember drawing him with that stuff from there. But I also went through the Forcing Chess Moves book. And that one, the reason why I like it is because they have stuff in there that I can even recall. I always tell people, look, if you never read a book, if you don't know what was in Chapter 6. So if I ask you, what's in Chapter 6? And you're like, I don't know. Well, you didn't really read the book. Maybe you read some of it. You got some of it from But this is why repetition is very important. I read Forcing Chess Moves probably seven times, seven, eight times. So I can tell you that EST is an equal or stronger threat. The bread, these also are the ones that are, uh, what does it say? These are the, the, the um, these are the ones that people miss the most, is what he says in the book. These are the tactics that people miss the most. The reason why I like it is because not only is he telling you this is how computers think, he's teaching you to use your computer eyes, quotation yeah. marks. So right. So with the computer eyes, he says in there is that it's very important to you know train your eyes to look like uh, to think like a computer. How do you do that? They do brute force calculation, forcing moves first. So this is what you should check. Look for the most forcing moves first, even if it looks absolutely ridiculous. Some of my craziest games, wicked, disgusting sacrifices, or like I just had a game, I beat a 2380 strong IM, very strong, wicked attack. And my I was like an immortal game. I had a queen and a rook hanging, but it was mate. Like he's getting mated, or he has to give up his queen. And it was an amazing game there because of the tactics there. So forcing chess moves to help you um, do that. It is a hard book. I do tell people, look. You know, uh, if I, I used to tell students this when I'm telling them to get that book. I would say, hey, if you get, you know, you're in chapter for the first chapter, I think is brute force combinations. If you go through the first chapter, brute force combinations and you go in there and you tell you and you get, you know, I think uh, on chessable, there's 95 uh, variations in the first one. So if you get 94 out of 95 wrong, don't be discouraged because this <laughs> book is that hard. Right. So. That's what I want people to understand. Forcing Chess Moves is not one of them books that you read one time and you you, you will get better. But I mean, I read it so many times. The, th the third time I went through it, I remembered that uh, it takes four, it takes three or more pieces to for a successful attack. I didn't even know this until I just went through the book again. And I'm like, you know, I when you go through a book a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth time, you get more from it than you have before. Something else sticks out. So that time I was like, wow, like I'm noticing a pattern with all of these puzzles. There's always like three or four pieces in there. So now in like not even really thinking as much or sometimes not even calculating as much, which you should be. But sometimes you don't have to calculate as much if you notice there's three pieces over here. There's like five pieces in this area. There's got to be something, right? Spend your time. Calculate. It may actually be something there. Reverse the move order. You got to figure it out. It may be something there. Start with the forcing moves first. But that's what opens up your brain to start looking for the moves that you can't really spot in your own games. Good stuff. And for listeners, I didn't prep him that I was going to ask him about forcing moves. You can see he basically has the book memorized. <laughs> I do, man. I do. I, and, Super I, the, and there's a 2022 uh, version. There's two of them, of course. So I want people to get uh, the right one. The first version is the one with the guy flexing with the white arm. That's the uh, first one. Then you got the newer one that just dropped that has uh, Pontus Carlson and the preface. And there's a new chapter, Charleston's, uh, uh, what is it? 
Charles Hurt, Hurtan's Hierarchy, which is a brand new one. It's a brand new chapter that wasn't in there before. But, you know, I've deep, deeply studied that book. And then I think, you know, I recommend Forcing Chess Moves first. Then when you finish it and you read it twice, you graduate from that book. And then you go to Combinations, the uh, Encyclopedia of Combinations, because that one is is next level. That's the only book I use for tactics now because it's it's so hard. I mean, right now for review, it says I got over 10,000 moves to review um in uh in that in that course. It's so hard, but it also when you train hard like that, you know, and it's like facing a computer every game. You lose in every game. But then when you go face a human, you're like, "Why am I beating everybody?" Because you was playing the hardest competition. You've just been at your peak there. You're fighting for your life every game and you're playing somebody that's very very strong that knows everything. Now you're playing somebody that's going to make many mistakes. You're on it. Like you're sharp. You're very sharp. Yeah, and I would say for forcing chess moves, maybe 1800, 1900 minimum. What do you think the minimum rating before someone can tackle that is, James? That's a good question. In fact, I say tactic rating. If you have a tactics rating 2K and above, you're ready. If you okay. have a tactics rating, because I mean, not like a, you know, sometimes I have some students that are 2K tactics rating, but like 1200 online. And I'm like, that's fine. That's cool. Maybe 1200 USCF, but at least you're tactically already thinking, uh, right. You're at 2K tactics. You're an expert that is in tactics. Right. And uh, by USCF standards. So definitely time to upgrade there. Now, of course, if you find if you find it too hard, then you do need to slow it down and go to other tactics books, woodpecker method, other stuff like that, like go somewhere else. And then when you're ready, then you jump into forcing chessmans. OK, yeah. And woodpecker method is, is definitely a um Slightly, you know, still intermediate level, intermediate right. to advanced, but definitely uh, starts out easier than right. than forcing chess forcing moves. Chess and of moves. course, lower down, there's stuff like tactics times. There's just straight tactics up checks, chess, yeah. excuse me, checkmate courses. I've recommended mm -hmm. the Benedictine visualized courses before. Mm -hmm. um, so lots to choose from. And if you have questions, you can always uh, hit me up somewhere and we'll get you a proper recommendation for your level. Um, James, I'm gonna attempt to extract some information from you about your upcoming testable courses, but first okay. we're gonna uh, take a break and hear from our sponsors. Perpetual Chess is proud, as always, to be brought to you in part by Chessable.com. Chessable, of course, is known for their Move Trainer technology, which utilizes spaced repetition to help you remember tactical patterns and opening sequences. They have a huge library of courses for whatever aspect of your game you want to work on. Some of their new courses include a course on the Tarash defense to D4, which is a good choice if you're looking for a dynamic opening against one D4. It's by Super Grandmaster Jordan Von Forrest. Speaking of Super Grandmaster, former world champion and legendary trainer Rustam Kazimjanov has a course out on the C3 Sicilian. If you're newer to chess, be sure to check out Friend of the Pod. I am Andres Toth's 1D4 for beginners. And of course, they've got tactics courses too. They have stuff you can check out for free. So if you have not already, make sure you go to chessable.com and keep an eye on their ever-growing supply of quality chess courses. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
And we are back. And as I just mentioned moments ago, uh, James uh, teased on his Twitch stream and it was clipped on his YouTube channel that he's got not one, not two, but three chessable courses in the offing. Uh, a lot of the uh, chess.com affiliated people now with the merger are going to be able to create content on chessable, which is super exciting. So, James, you know, I got to ask. Are you going to reveal what these courses are? Of course, one of them I can reveal. The other two I cannot. But one I can reveal, we've already been talking about it. It's already in the works. We're working on a video and stuff now. Um, we already have uh, even the uh, the PGNs and stuff ready. So it's a, a joint course with one of my students, in fact, actually. But he just loves it. He loves it. But um, he reached out and he was like, yo, we should do a course together. I'm like, I'm like, perfect. That'd be sweet. Yeah, perfect. I, so, But it's actually a Scotch Gambit. So okay. I'm, uh, that was one very, of my guesses. I have one other guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, very well versed in the Scotch Gambit. Actually, I have. I've never lost a game over the board with Scotch Gambit. Even recently, I had a game where in my best tournament of my life was the last one. I played a very strong IM. She's like 2380 something. Very strong. She had a good tournament. I had white. We played a Scotch Gambit. I was slightly better and I could have pushed in an opposite color bishop in game. We're like, I mean, I'm probably, I'm definitely slightly better. And I can push for more, but I'm like, you know what? Look, I'm going to just take this draw here. I'm going to get five points for this just for a free point, like free five points. Yeah, I'll take it. Right. That's a, a business decision there because uh, she didn't make any mistakes. Really, I didn't have any chances for an attack. I can use this energy for another game um, with black. I'll just do that. Right. So um, it was a draw there. I drew her. But uh, and I also I beat two masters over the board with it as well. Um, I got another draw. Right. So, you know, it's very nice. I have a, I'm very strong with the Scotch Gambit. I've also had uh, some of my best games. I think one of the first times I beat a GM online was with the Scotch Gambit. It was actually uh, Samil Morandi um, back in the day. I remember this had to be like first times. I mean, this was like maybe two and a half years ago, something like that. But some of the first times or first uh, ages of me streaming, I was playing. I still play Scotch Gambit today. I just love it because I hate playing Roy. I mean, I can play a Roy. I started with Roy before Scotch Gambit. So I know Roy very well first. I know the A4 lines. I know the back and forth. I know the Briar variation with the black. Um, I know so many variations. I know the Knight A5, C5. I think it's a Shagoran variation for black. Um, for white, um, we play C3. You play Bishop C2. You play D4. Like I've played so many Roy Lopez lines, uh, uh, courtesy of Magnus. Keep it simple. Or not keep it simple. It was... Uh, Play like Magnus. It was a book back in the day. Play like Magnus, Roy Lopez version. So this was like early 2000s, I think. And I remember playing the Roy. But Scotch Gambit, once I got that, uh, 2015 is when I picked it up. And I got those two books, Chess Opening for White and Black Explained. And I'm like, wow, this Scotch Gambit is fun. And it was aggressive. And I got stuff and I got positions that fit in my style, which is more aggressive, more fun, more tactics, right? So I was like, wow, this is great. And the Scotch Gambit has served me very well. I still use it all the time online. If I play E4 and you go E5, you're most likely going to get a Scotch Gambit. Now, of course, uh, I am looking around and, I, you know, I like to stay universal is what, uh, Again, Fabi, the word uh, is universal here. So I have looked at many different openings right now, and I do have a few. Like, I like Vienna, and I like Roy, and I like Scotch Gambit. Of course, Roy is uh, is like, you know, classic, top level. You know, to, if you plan another GM, you might want to go Roy, right? But Vienna is also a good uh, switch as well. Certain Viennas are nice. I saw some games with Ferruja, some very strong players playing the Vienna, even Hikaru as well. So certain types of Viennas. Are nice, um, are nice too. But that Scotch Gambit holds a very special place in my heart. So I do have a course coming out with Scotch Gambit, two other opening courses as well. But definitely Scotch Gambit is uh, is the first one to drop, most likely. Okay, I, sounds good, man. You know, anything to get us away from the Italians and the Roy's. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I didn't even <laughs> no mention Italians. So I right? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and let me ask. So obviously, Scotch Gambit dynamic opening, often giving up a pawn. Um, so the computer 
is not necessarily going to like it as much. Um, does does that bother you at all, or is it you just more on the psychological side of the spectrum? I think I know the answer since you play it, but I got to uh-huh. ask. Yeah, I'm always on the psychological part because of, uh, like, I mean, in many openings today, like if you look at um, classic example, Joe Bob of London, which is one of my favorite openings, Kings Indian, love those, right? Certain Grunfeld, certain positions where it says that white is plus one. And even if you look at your own games or even – uh, classical games of GMs and you look at them and sometimes you'll check in it with the engine and you'll see at some point one of them was plus two but couldn't convert it or one of them was plus one 1.5 and like as you know as a lot of people see the engine and like oh he's losing plus 1.5 the game's over but if you take the engine away from them and you're like I don't really know what's going on is it really plus 1.5 it may be plus 1.5 and if it is then you have to find this only specific line that gives a very small edge because of a square on b6 that you didn't even really care about that much because you're thinking about other things so the psych part um i always remember that yeah the engine says this but i'm always playing a human right and the human is going to do something different than what the engine says my first gm win over the board um the piece sack that i did wasn't the greatest it was like oh white's probably slightly better but i ended up winning the game even though he was slightly better as a gm number one probably didn't expect the sacrifice number two you know uh grandmasters or strong players don't like to be attacked and so when i'm attacking him like he didn't like that the psych part's kicking in a little bit too as well and, uh, and he made some mistakes, and I was able to win the game. So uh, every time I see the engine thing there, I only take it with a grain of salt to understand that. Yeah, okay, that says that, but you have to prove this um, 100% accurately through the entirety of the game. Wow. Impressive stuff. Look forward to the course. Do you know when it's coming out? No, we don't. Uh, I just got an email actually uh, yesterday from Chessable uh, talk, talking about updates, but but nothing nothing yet. Nothing yet, of course, because they have to do the beta testing, and then we got to do this and that, so you know, it's whatever. But, okay. Well, yeah. something to look forward to. And speaking yes, of looking forward to, James, I mean, you were discussing your um, breakout success in your most recent tournament. But I checked your USCF profile. You took Christmas off. What, what's next? When's your next tournament? <laughs> yeah, I did. I took Christmas off to relax and study. My coach says you shouldn't play like every single month. He's like, you're right. You need breaks to recharge. In fact, he told me the Russian school of chess, in a way, is like um, you study sets of openings for certain months. I mean, for certain for a period of months. So, like, you'll take a Karakhan, and like, if you're playing Black Karakhan, Semi Slav, and like D4. And this is your repertoire, study for four or five months, go to a tournament, or three, four months, but you go to a tournament. Then you play the tournament, and then you reassess, and then you do it again. Now, I can play every month, but it does, you're always in training mode. You're in serious training mode. I'm always in serious training mode, but it's it, when, when you're closer to a tournament, it's a little bit uh, more serious because you know it's coming up, and you're like cramming more and like more emotions. Sometimes people get a little nervous there, so you have to work your nerves and, uh, and understand your nerves. So I have January, uh, I have Charlotte this month so i'm playing excuse me i think it's the charlotte open mm-hmm. but uh mlk weekend eric rose is going to be there so i'm playing and uh they show they invited me out because there's some strong players there's some gms and some ims there i think it's fide rated as well so there's no norm here but cool i'll go there and just play for some fide rating get some fide and then play some strong chess and prep for my my uh my february one which i don't have yet i just like you know kind of look look to see what's available if there's nothing cool or nothing that I want to play in, then I'll wait. I'm fine with waiting now because now I'm at a place where I'm like, oh, yeah, I can definitely play with these boys now, especially after that last tournament. I played like four GMs and five IMs, right? One, one, and drew a lot. Like, drew a lot of games. But I was like, okay, cool. I can, like, fight with these dogs for real. I mean, you're expected to lose all of them games. 
but I won one and drew all of them, the rest of them, and I lost another one, but drew a lot of games against stronger players here. I mean, I gained 60 points through two tournaments, which is uh, the Chicago one and then the Charlotte one. So maybe it was like, it was, it was about 65 points. One was uh, 20, one was like 40, something like that. But it was pretty good. I got a very, pretty nice uh, gain and points from that. So um, I have uh, Charlotte this month. February is nothing yet. There is something coming up in March for uh, Charlotte again. I love going to Charlotte. Charlotte's one of my favorites, Charlotte Chess Center. Chicago, New York's another one. I have uh, already in August, I have um, Portugal. So um, they, oh, they invited me back out. Yeah, they're like, hey, come out here. Please come out to Portugal. So I'm like, cool, I'll be there. Sorry to put this uh, time aside um, in August there. But uh, yeah, I'm leveling up. Like I said, my resolution is uh, discipline, um, continuously hurt, working hard constantly, and then um, and leveling up. So that's it. And how do you balance like just overall trying to get better with the titles themselves, the norms themselves? Like mm. what's like you mentioned, there's no norm possibility in Charlotte. How how big a priority is the actual norm at this moment for you? Oh, it's, it's uh, absolutely. In fact, uh, only reason why I'm going to this tournament is because I was invited by Charlotte. They're like, hey, come out to this tournament. Perfect. I'm like, perfect. I'll do that. Because usually I'm not coming out unless it's FIDE. For me, right, the reason why I have such a late start in a way and a later improver, I guess, um, being from Detroit, Michigan, right, I didn't know about FIDE. I used to call it FIDE up until 2015, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Think about that, right? That's like recent. You know, so I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and I, they don't tell us none of this. Like, Feingold used to live here, but he was the only IM, and then he went overseas to get the GM, right? So he wasn't really in Detroit as much, right? But it was the fact that, you know, being in inner city Detroit public schools and the small black communities like this, like, we was never told about how, what the route is to get to GM. It is not USCF. In fact, I was like, why is there a USC? Why is it not FIDE? I was kind of pissed when I figured out. This is the route. I never knew about this. I was 2350, my first FIDE rating, something like that. And, um, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, but like, I don't really care about FIDE. When, in fact, I should. I, again, I used to call it FIDE. I'm like, okay, what is FIDE? Don't nobody even care about FIDE. Like, USCF <laughs> is the way to do it. But in fact, I was completely wrong because nobody teaches you that kind of thing. So now that I know this, only thing I'm trying to play is FIDE. That's it. I don't try to play Anything else but FIDE tournaments, because the USCF, I played all of that growing up. Every week I was in a Scholastic tournament in USCF. Every week I was playing another tournament, then we go to Nationals. But everything was USCF. So I'm like, bro, why was we not playing FIDE? I could have been so much further. So now I always do FIDE tournaments. And, I, and when I give back, and when I, you know, one of my goals is to give back to the inner city communities, and especially smaller black communities too, that don't know. They like chess, want to play. What's the route here? You need to go FIDE. You need to go all FIDE all the time. Work on your fee day rating so that, you know, you do have shots and give yourself chances. So when you get older, it's easier. But, um, yeah, fee day is all I'm playing now. So that is fee day rated in Charlotte. They invited me. It's the only reason really why I'm going out. It's not a norm, but I, like, I love a norm tournament, but you also need rating too. You need rating and norms. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll look at this as the rating one because I'm not getting a norm. Let's say I go six out of six. I would not get a norm. If I be six GMs in this tournament, still won't get a norm, right? So, it's uh, but I would get a lot of ratings. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll go rating. You know, rating's fine with me. That's fine. And then uh, I can prep and I can test some new stuff. I can test this. I can play some good chess. Hang out with the people in Charlotte. Just have a good time while I'm uh, playing some chess, and then and get ready for the next tournament. Nice. And James, for context, I mean, I, I could ballpark guess all of these, but what are what's your FIDE rating, your US chess rating, and your Blitz rating? Uh, you know, again, Blitz rating obviously especially moves all okay. over the place, but roughly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine, uh, actually, I don't have a rapid or a uh, uh, blitz fide. I only have a, a, a classical fide, which is 2201 now, something like that. So it's provisional 2350. 
And then uh, it went down to after I played Hans when he was a kid. But actually, <laughs> I played, uh, it was, um, my first rating was 2353 provisionally. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Then um, it stuck for a while. So I was able to claim the FM title back in like, like, this year or whenever like very recently i was able to it was like yeah you can actually claim it i was like oh i didn't even know that okay cool i'll claim it so because i've hit it before 2350 and then i played a tournament where i had how many players was there i played um it was 10 of us it was a round robin i got four and a half out of nine against all these guys which is ims right i am fm i am everybody's strong Everybody's good to be in this section. And I dropped 100 points. And I was like, what is up with FIDE? Like, how do you drop 100 points from facing these guys? And I was really kind of like, yo, this is ridiculous. I don't understand. I mean, I could see dropping 30, 40 points. But 100 points after, like, I beat a IM. I beat a, uh, I beat the strongest guy in our section, which was Martin Del Campo at the time. He was like 2380, something crazy like that. And then um, everybody else was like at least 22, 2300. I didn't understand how I dropped 100 points from doing 50%. Even if you under 50, you shouldn't drop 100, but I guess the K factor and all this other weird FIDE stuff that you don't really know. So I dropped there, dropped some rating, trying to figure things out there. Took a little break as well, and uh, but now we on, we're on to come up. So I'm at 2201. Um, I was at 2158, so I gained 60-something points, something like that, close to 60 points from these last two tournaments. So I'm at 2201 now. Okay, seven, and online like blitz, that. you're off in like Online blitz, I'm over 2600. 26, yeah. um, my lead chest is over 27. My bullet has been up to 2774 highs. I just reached a new high puzzle where I was 3571 trying to touch 36 today. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, you know, James, uh, I'm always preaching like uh, moderate goals to to the listeners of the pod in particular, because, you know, there's so many sort of, um, say, 12 to 1400 players who are like, you know, I'd like to be a grandmaster. And, you know, it, it could happen. But I'm I'm always just saying like one step at a time, one step at a time. But right. I do think like you're you're probably I am strength already, so uh, yeah. that that helps. But uh, still, um, still uh, the uh, the air gets thin, as John Donaldson once said on the <laughs> pod. Like uh, the higher up you go, the the more challenging it is. So um, uh, it's good that you've got the work ethic you do. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it is the compound effect. I always tell people this: the work that you put in right now, sometimes you don't see it until two months from now. The, the, the stuff that you did right now, the stuff that you did this week, you won't have to use until six months from now when it really is going to compound effect. Like I tell people, the work that I'm putting in every day hits at one point. I say I, I think about or I, tell, I give it uh, examples like, you know, LeBron James or Steph Curry from basketball. Right. And, and these guys just woke up one day after all that work they was putting in. And one day they just became who they were now. Like, oh, we know Steph for shooting these threes from long range. But it's the compound effect of him doing that every day half court shots, the pre warmups, all the stuff he does, now he can do it in real time and we're just now seeing it because he was doing it behind the scenes. My last tournament is a perfect example. Compound effect, working hard, consistently working, getting up early, making time, not like not, you know, there's a difference from having time and making time. So I make time all the time to study chess. I will do any, I don't go out, I don't do anything, I don't watch movies, I don't have a TV. I only study chess because that's just all what I do, that's, all, that's the goal. So I make the time there and the compound effect hits me harder because I only focus on chess, I'm studying and studying. So I go to the next tournament and I crush it. And the last tournament was a perfect example, four GMs, only lost to one, it's the compound effect. So I'm gonna keep moving and keep working and keep doing the same thing. Um, and being consistent and disciplined and, you know, compound effect is going to hit every time. Also, it boosts your confidence. Confidence comes 
from preparation and how do you prepare? Working and, and preparing very hard. What you do in practice, you're going to do in your real game. So very confident uh, from from preparing and you know the, the sky is the limit. And do you ever get burnt out from chess? The only time I get burnt out is like I've studied too much that day. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> really, because there's just all yeah. Next day I'm ready to go. I'm recharged. I'm ready to go, and I feel good. And I think it's because you have to love it. And if you don't love it, like it just you will probably have a real burnout where. You are like, yo, I don't want to play. And it, and it can happen. You can burn on anything. In fact, I remember you to have inspiration, I think, will help you with burnout. People that are already doing the same thing that you're doing or goals or people that you look up to. And what are they doing? Like, for I remember when I'm, I couldn't imagine doing it now, but this was like probably pandemic time. Um, I took a month or two off of streaming. And I can't believe I did that. Thinking back now, I'm like, wow, I could never do that now because of where I am. Also, Hikaru being one of my biggest inspirations when it comes to streaming and discipline because of how he works. On Tuesdays, which was, uh, was two days ago, he streams eight hours and plays both Title Tuesdays and wins them, right? Most times playing high-level competition and interacting with the chat, talking eight hours, sitting, right? There's a discipline. He also said, I remember one thing, this is probably a year and a half, two years ago, and I, I'm real close with him. I'm also on Team Ikaro, which consists of content uh, content with him and commentary. So, you know, if you saw some of the, the Toronto videos, I was out there hanging out with Hikaru. Like, that's a, 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 one of my buddies, like, for real. But he said, he said, um, you're not a real streamer if you don't show up every day. And I never forgot that. So I started show up every day because he was uh, because he I really looked up him. I've known him for a long time. He came to Detroit, did some simuls here before, like long time ago. He did content here in August of like 2021. He came down in August and, I, uh, and he did some content in Detroit playing. Actually, I'm on those videos, too. If you go to YouTube and see those on his YouTube, uh, I was also fatter than too. So fitness is important, <laughs> right? So you can tell from the like, man, can't he slim down? But it helps your chest, right? But Hikaru uh, is, is my guy. So hearing that, his discipline and stuff like that, I applied it. So burnout. Can, you can't have burnout, but a lot of times burnout can be, you know, uh, fixed by inspiration or somebody that you can look up to and you see them, you go chill with they stream or, you know, they inspire you back again and you don't have that burnout. So a constant, constant, uh, constant having that for me. I mean, I just have never been burnt out. I can't remember the last time I've been burnt out. That's amazing. All right. Well, we've actually got a related question related to what you mentioned with fitness, uh, James, from a Patreon supporter of the pod. But first, we're going to take one more break and we'll be right back. Perpetual Chess is brought to you in part by AimChess.com. AimChess has an algorithm that gathers your games from the major sites like Chess.com and LeeChess and gives you actionable intel based on the patterns it detects. It can be how you do with certain openings, what aspects of the game you excel at versus need work at. And guess what? AimChess has a new feature that you should check out right now, just in time for the new year. You can check out your year in review for 2022. You just enter your username and it gives you uh, how many hours you spent chess, how many games you played, how you did with various openings, lots of fun facts uh, that the algorithm is able to gather. So be sure to check out aimchess.com. If you decide to try out subscribing, use the code perpetual30 to save 30%. You can also use the link in the show description to try out aimchess.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
And we are back. And as we alluded to, we have a question from Igor Feinstein, Patreon supporter of the pod. Those who uh, support Perpetual Chess can find out the guests and submit questions for them. Um, and this one, Igor asks, he says, what I find most inspiring about you is that other than being a FIDE master and working hard on becoming IM or GM, you obviously also do some serious weightlifting. How often do you work out? And did you begin at a relatively early age? And he also asked, do you think that the African-American community places a greater emphasis on weightlifting than the general populace? Because he notices Maurice Ashley <laughs> is pretty fit as well. <laughs> Maurice Ashley fit too, right. Well, I'll answer that one first. In fact, I mean, more it's just like an uh, African-American community. Sports is like huge, like football and basketball. I mean, like most teams you see that are like predominantly black anyway, right? So it's like a lot of that. You'll see that. So, I mean, but that doesn't mean they necessarily lift weights. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it's uh, you see it more in the black communities because um, it's just of the football, basketball thing. But in chess, it is different. Like nobody's like lifting weights and playing chess. Now there are there are a lot. In fact, mind and body is very important. Bobby Fischer says that as your mind deteriorates, so does the body, right? And it's very important to like work on your body. He was big on that. You know, you got pictures seeing him underwater, like uh, holding his breath, right? And it was cool. But I even looked up you know fitness in chess and found some very interesting things. Anon likes to do hiking. Um, Kramnik likes to actually swim and solve complex puzzles. And I always make a joke like, bro, you know, how do you breathe? Like, I'm just trying to breathe. He's thinking about solving <laughs> right. a puzzle and he's doing a freestyle, you know, freestyle stroke and like or breaststroke trying to swim. And he's solving a complex puzzle. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to breathe. Right. So is it but it's it's very cool to me to see that. I mean, even uh, Mark Esserman does tennis very heavy. Um, I see Duboff can do one arm pull ups. Now, it's harder it's more if you have more muscle to do one arm pull ups. But I saw him doing one arm pull ups. He did some crazy stuff on a bar there. Um, lots of players work out. Hikaru likes to hike. He's been hitting the gym a little bit better or more as well. Um, I know Jan got in shape for the world championship. So people understand that the fitness part is important. But And the diet, not only that, 80% is nutrition. It's very important because I remember seeing Magnus, soccer, football, right? He loves that. So he used to drink orange juice, right? We all remember having iconic orange juice that yep. he used to have. And if you drink the orange juice, the problem is it's sugar in it. Yeah, sugar's not terrible, but you shouldn't have so much of it because it's going it's going to affect you. It was going to affect your focus and you have the crash potential because there's so much sugar in it that you can crash during a critical moment of the game. Imagine four hours into the game, you're getting lethargic now because of the sugar that you drank four hours ago, right? So it's very important to understand that I drink water all the time. I'm very strict on my diet. I actually track my macros and stuff like that. Um, I actually got a bodybuilding coach to work with somebody to actually tell me what to do, how to do things. I've been working on since 2015 and i knew what to do i had some you know like you know surface uh, basically um uh, self working out like learned it myself i learned it myself learned it with other player uh, other people at the gym 2015 was when i started working out for real i took a break around 2020 obviously because everybody did like covid and stuff hit gained like 60 pounds because i just didn't really do nothing but then 2021 i was like i can't do this again like i started really um, um ramping it up and now i'm down so much weight. i'm in the best shape of my life now than i was when i first started lifting so now i can do i've been 315 pounds for seven uh reps was my uh my uh my high now i'm like man i could never do that 315 for seven is nuts so now once i hit 315 for 10 then i'm gonna go up to 405 i train a lot like bodybuilding shows i had one coming up there's one in march um in michigan so i definitely want to do that i've been big into bodybuilding the job i had before i actually went full-time chess was actually working at LA Fitness for a long time as a PTD, personal training director. I just was the director of the personal trainers and I would train all the time. I would also sell personal training all the time to the trainers that were there or to the, the I would sell the trainers to 
the, uh, the the people that were in the gym right from there. So it was really nice. Um, but fitness helps every part of, of the game. I mean, uh, my back's good. My mind, I can focus more. I can uh, four or five hours into the game. Cool. I'm not tired. I'm not lethargic. Make sure I got some water. I can still calculate because I've been working on, on the body. It's very important to have that connection and understand that not only is working out great, but you also need to have a strict diet. Maybe not strict, but at least take some sugar out. Make sure you know how much protein you're taking in per day. How much water are you taking? Stuff like that. So it's very important. Um, especially when you're going to tournaments so you can uh, have be at the optimal performance. Yeah. And do you, ad- so you mentioned diet a couple times. Do you adjust your diet for tournaments in particular, or are you just always trying to sort of- I just always eat the same thing. I eat chicken, rice, broccoli, steak, chicken, or really my meats are chicken and steak, chicken, steak, and beef. Uh, but that's it. Um, I'll eat tons of vegetables. I also take multivitamins. I take a daily vitamin. I take a zinc. Um, I also take a vitamin D3. Uh, what else do I take? I take a daily defense- I always said a multivitamin there, fish oil as well. I think that might be it. But I take these things. It's very important right? Um, to, to have this. And even with the COVID times, um, they said that people that have COVID have lower levels of zinc. I never knew this. I never caught COVID either. But I also was like, wow, that's crazy. I've been, I've been taking zinc for so long. So COVID actually wouldn't even affect me the way that it was somebody else that has the low zinc levels. Anyway, I also take vitamin C as well. Two capsules, very important. So you know, the, uh, the, the diet there is just as important as the working out. Okay, great advice there. And do you, I've someone posted about this on Twitter recently, and it jogged my memory. I sometimes have, I'm generally a good sleeper, but I sometimes have trouble sleeping during tournaments. Does that happen to you at all? Yeah, I've actually had that sometimes. Um, not anymore, um, because I mean, a lot of times when you're not, you're like anxious and nervous, but excited all at the same time. I think they say nervous and excited is like the same emotion. So it's like really, um, you know, having that type of thing. Yeah, I've had, I've had that before. Where like I woke up at six a.m. And right. wanted to study. And I was like, all right, let me just study for like three hours the rounds at 10. And I'm like, dang, bro. And then by the time you get to the round, I'm like tired. I'm like, dang, right. because I studied for three, four hours. You should have been asleep or you should have got up at eight and study for an hour and then chill for the other hour so you can play the round there. So I have had it. It is more of an experience and you do need to like, you know, you got to pep talk yourself or find a way to get back to sleep. Sleep is very important. In fact, I just read something this morning about how LeBron stays elite um, at 38 right now. And he was like, how are you staying elite? And he was like, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you can get up and you can just go for it. You know, you can do this. You can do that. You got energy. You got this. You're like, I can just go out there and wing it kind of thing. But when 38, he was like, it's all mental and it's psychology. And I, I asked myself, how can I get the most sleep and how can I feed my body the right way? 38 years old talking about health and fitness. Right. And that's why he's at the top of his game. Right. And I do the same thing. I work out literally for. Oh, and I, I forgot to say that. I know you asked how many days a week working out. I do like five, at least four to five every week. Every week. Sometimes I used to do more. Than I used to hit the gym every day. But I'm like, okay, cool. Now that I'm hitting it so much, I'm into a routine. I usually do four to five um, days a week, but I hit the gym very hard and I make it a priority. It's like I will make it's a huge priority. If I got to go at six in the morning or I got to go at, you know, midnight, I'm going to make it to the gym because if I do not make it there, that's a day off. I mean, it's cool to have some days off and rest, but also one day turns into three and three turns into five. And then you're like two weeks later, your chest is getting worse and I've gained weight. Like, what am I doing? Right. Because I just chose to do this. Right. So it really is uh, just as important as anything else. I mean, it's most important, like uh, food, water, working out, chest, right? Life, you know, that's very important. And how long are you, are you at the gym? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I do a heavy lift. So two, uh, hour and a half, two hours, especially wow. on, like chest day, stuff like that. It's, it's very tough because I do three, four, five exercises easily. I do four sets all the time. 
So um, and it takes and you have to rest in between. I don't believe in like you know very very short. If you're lifting heavy, like for instance, I start on chest day. It'd be one thirty. Also, uh, by the way, you know for everybody listening, make sure you're doing leg day, boys. Always do leg day. Do not skip leg day. Okay. So mm-hmm. on chest day, I'm doing one thirty five um, for thirty. So I do thirty reps to warm up. One hundred thirty five pounds. Then I do two twenty five for ten. And then I do two seventy five for twelve. Sorry, two twenty five for twelve. Two seventy five for eight. And then three fifteen for um, now seven which is my new high. This is chest day. Every week on leg day, I start with um, with uh, inner and outer abductors to work the hips and the legs. Um, you know, it's very important, especially as you get older too as well, you, 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 you lose some stability if you don't work on that. So hip, a lot of stability is in the hips actually. So working those uh, before I'm doing squats, I do squats right after that heavy squats, start with 135, do 15 reps, then I'll go up to 225. I do 10, then I do 275 for eight and then I do 315 for six to seven. Once again, just like on the chest, but I do it for my legs for school leg day. Then I do leg extensions, sorry, that's a leg press up to about 800 pounds, sometimes a thousand. I mean, it's just, I don't really load it up like that. I don't need to do that kind of weight all the time, but I will do six, seven, 800 pounds on the leg press um, for my fourth set. And then uh, I just go into leg extensions after that. So I'm like hitting a lot of stuff. Like I train like a bodybuilder and it's funny because like I have the bodybuilding book, ABCs or the Bible of bodybuilding by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like if I'm at the gym, then I meet chess friends or people, friends at the gym. And they're like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a pro chess player, content creator. And like, they don't, they, they look, they double take, right? Like, right. you know, there must be some very heavy pieces, right? To say the <laughs> least, because like, like, how are you lifting all this weight just to go play some chess, right? But it's the mind, body and connection. Good stuff. And do you, if you have a two a day chess tournament, do you work out on those Absolutely. days ever? I wow, do. I, I work out in the morning. I work out in the morning. Yeah, I have to. Or or I work out the night before um, and I'll take a day off um, in between somewhere in there because it is strenuous. Like you are actually are losing burning calories while you in there. But I also make sure my diet is top notch while I'm there too as well. I actually eat less while I'm at tournaments. So I find that like I'm even, I feel good because like I'm eating light that whole day anyway. I'm like, I got four or five hours. I'm going to be in one game. Then I got a little bit of time to eat and study, then do it again. So I'm really not eating as much anyway that day. So it's pretty cool. So I make sure I get a good workout. Um, protein shakes are a very big way. If you're trying to cut down calories, I recommend two protein shakes a day with milk. I mean, any kind of milk. I like almond, but definitely having some uh, protein shakes with milk will cut down on a lot of hunger. Also having bars, protein bars, granola bars, stuff like that. Those are good to bring to the board. So you have some uh, some thinking food and lots of water all day. All right. Good stuff. Well, James, I just have like one or two more questions if you're good for it. Cool. All right. Um. So number one. Um, I read that you are a rapper. Uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to do a lot of rap. We grew up like that. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to stay away from it being from Detroit, but it was fun. I like music. Uh, my beats now all on stream are uh, are like just beats where you could just kind of rap on. I never do because like uh, we we we, we going to bring some stuff out. I have some songs. Actually, I got a song coming out with Young Elo. Um, two of them, actually. I have my own song, too. Some chess stuff. I know Levy has a song out, so we're trying to collab with that. Oh, that'd be trying fun. To get something. Yeah, me and Levy on the track. So we, it's fun, bro. It's very, very fun. It's, uh, it's just fun. It's creative. I think as a chess player, you can see words a lot of times. Um, so I actually have a rap that I did on uh, chess.com, I think. Something like that. From uh, This girl was rapping in CGC. She was just rapping. Just outside rapping. We was like, oh, wow. So Danny walked up to her. And he said, like, yo, Kanti, you going to rap? I was like, all right. I guess I'm rapping it today. So, and then uh, and we was just freestyling. It was like on YouTube. It was funny. It was a very funny freestyle. But it is on YouTube. You can catch that on the chess.com channel. But yeah, I did a lot of that growing up. So it was fun. Now I'm just, nice. now, I, now I'm a chess player. Is what I say. Well, I'm a chess player, but I can rap. Is what I uh-huh. say. And you... Speaking of growing up, um, you got lessons from Gingy, from the American I legend. did. Oh, what, man, what was Roman that like? Gingy so, honestly, Roman is one of the greatest co- coaches, but also, at the time, I wasn't ready. 
I know because now the stuff he's telling me, he taught me about a knight d5 p-sack in the Paulson Sicilian that I was like, how is this even possible? You sacked the whole piece. I was already 2200 over the board and didn't understand this p-sack. But now I do. I understand it on a deeper level because I do it all the time. I'm like, oh, knight d5 p-sack. I see it all the time in night doors when you sack a piece on f5 or d5. And I'm like, wow, like he was way ahead of his time. Like really still is. He has so much knowledge. And even the books, Chess Openings for White and Black Explained, still hold up today. The analysis from the books, not, or obviously this was 2015, so that's not really that long ago when these books dropped. In fact, sorry, I got them in 2015. There's two versions of it. There's the Chess Openings for White and Black Explained. If you listen to, you know, uh, get the uh, get the second edition revised and updated. That is the new ones. Those came out in like 09. But I got the book in 2015, but it came out in 09. The one before that was 06, if you look at like the quality, like when did the book come out and the copyright or whatever, all that stuff, um, or the table contents, wherever. Somewhere in there to tell you that when it came out. But um, that stuff is old, but it still holds up today. Roman was a very good coach. He told me, really, the problem is that I have a coaching that, uh, you know, I, you have to really find the right coach for that. Is that, you know, um, I give, a, I charge a lot for lessons, but I also know what I want what I would want. So I give it to my students. So I give notes and homework every lesson. I type them up. Like I literally like, oh, you should know this and the type of stuff. Oh, and this so that you have it for later because some stuff he gave me files, but some of the words that he said about the files, I don't remember. Or like yeah. this was years ago. Right. So, but if I have files, like even my coach that I worked with for the last year, the best, best coach hands down I've ever worked with. Now, of course I can't reveal his name, but it is a coach that I've worked with. It was a psychology, mental, positional Russian coach. Like he's psychology, his mentality was right. He was taught me about, you know, no, don't work on the results, work on the work. I'm like, that's deep. Ain't nobody ever told me that before. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna run with that. So, I mean, he's really, really, really good with that, but he didn't give me any notes or no homework, maybe a little bit of homework. I'm like, go do this. But like, I had to do that on my own. Right. And that's crazy that even a strong grandmaster coach doesn't give you more than just like, I'm talking to you. And it's saying, why is it important? Because you need to understand that you forget. And the statistics says that you forget like 90% of something you learned within the first hour. I'm like, that's nuts. I didn't even know that. So this is when I started typing notes for my students because I want you to gain something from this and you can actually go back and look at it later. And I did the same thing with my coach. I can go back and look at the first lesson we took, December 2021. I can go in there and I'm like, oh, this is what he said. Oh, the Russian owned system that me and him created, like it's OOWN, which stands for observation, opponents, immediate threats, what's available, no excitement. And in the end, that's very important because when you calculate and you have to have no emotion, he taught me that. You have to have no emotion because if you have emotions, that's going to make you make very bad decisions. And of course, a lot of times making emotional based decisions outside of chess is actually not even a good thing. Right. So in chess, you have emotion. You're trying to make a decision. You're trying to calculate. That's not going to be good. So I learned a lot, you know, um, from that as well. But it's very powerful, bro. There's so many things, you know, out here with the uh, with chess, man. And I can get I can put y'all on. Y'all got to send it to my PayPal. Up. Great stuff. All right. Uh, two more. Um, number one. Uh, you you got to go to Toronto for the Chess.com Global Championship. Um, got obviously Hess was there, Nerditsky, Danny yep. Wrench. I mean, yep. it must have Everybody. been quite memorable. So, what's what's your fondest memory from that experience? Actually, hanging out with Fabiano, Geary, and uh, Nerditsky, Levy. Just asking. Really, I think one of my favorite parts was asking the Super GMs really like their favorite openings because I'm like, you know, I'm looking around. I just want to know what they like. Now, of course, Wesley said the most solid stuff. He's like, oh, Queen's game would decline. I'm like, bro, what the? <laughs> Man, that's so boring, bro. What are you talking? But, of course, <laughs> he likes those type of positions. If you he's look at his chessable player, course, yeah. he's a classical player. His, his chessable course with White is like an encyclopedia. It really is ridiculous in his stuff. It's very, very dense. Very dense. 
And I went through it many times and still be like, bro, this is just a computer course. That's what it really is. It's like a computer course for E4. But it's really nice if you want that kind of solidity in a game like that. Geary said Nightorf. I'm like, bet. I love the Nightorf. I just drew, you know, Alex Fishbane, Grandmaster with the Nightorf on the black side. Slightly better, but ended up drawing that game in my last tournament. Um, so Nightorf, I'm like, cool. I like that. Um, I asked Fabi personally. I'm like, yo, yo, bro, black is tough against D4. What you playing these days? And I asked him a few openings. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, I tried Simi. He was like, yeah, Rogozin's good. Simi's good. Semi-Slav, that is. And I'm like, oh, cool. And so I asked him because I'm like, yo, I've been looking at some Semi-Slav. What you think? He was like, yeah, I use this some. So it's good to like, I'm just chatting with them, having fun, right? I can text, you know, some of them right now. And and, and, and what's the name? Fabiano is uh in my DMs. Like I can talk to him on Instagram, you know, like right. real easy. It's amazing, right? He follows me. He watches uh, my stories and stuff. Or, like, anytime he has a tournament, I'm like, yo, bro, good luck. He's like, yo, thanks, bro. Like, it's really cool to hang out with these guys. So, but I learned a lot. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now I just need to, you know, keep working. I also have Fabio, again, as my screensaver about the universal style, how most players are universal um, these days that you see. And I started seeing that because I remember studying myself and looking at players and started realizing people's repertoires get more versatile. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at players that I really like, Ferrugia, you know, Richard Rapport. I mean, people that are creative, creative players and very strong and tactical. And Hans, like I looked at so many players, Nakamura, everybody. And I'm like, especially chessgames.com is a good one. Chess games, like type in chess games and a name. And then the, the old site, chessgames.com comes up and it tells you all their stuff, which is really cool. I like that one. That's just a very old site that is very uh, used still today. I'll use it like almost every day. But it tells you, and I'm starting to look, and I remember having this in my mind, like, these guys play everything, everything, or like they've played it before because even Magnus says that you need to play different openings to become a better player. That doesn't mean that you stick to that opening, but it's good to look at it and so you can learn how to be a better player. It's very important that you look at this stuff. So I started seeing this and I'm like, wow, being universal is very important. So being with uh, Fabi, asking him questions and then having the screensaver here about the universal, like, you know, I really learned a lot there. That was a big uh, fun trip, paid nice. The food was good. Toronto was good. Hanging out with the family there and that. And um, having a blast asking the super GMs questions about stuff, man, it was awesome. Yeah, sounds sounds amazing. Sounds like you won't forget it anytime I'll soon. Never forget that, right? Um, all right, last one, James. You mentioned at the beginning when you were talking about your quest for the IM and the GM title that you you look to be an inspiration for uh, the African American community in particular. When you come across like young, hungry African American players who are enthusiastic about chess. Is there any sort of special advice you give them, or is it like the same advice you would give to any young hungry? Yeah, player? I would give it to any any young or old chess players. Never never pay attention to the people that doubt you or hate or or you know you have to put your head down. Like I think the best way to put it is there's a quote where like hey when you're running a race you never look to the side of you to try to see what they're doing because you're not looking at the path in front of you. So if you only look at the path in front of you and just run, by the time you get to the finish line, you look back and you notice that nobody was there. Oh, snap. I was like, I was scared the whole time of nothing, right? There's a thing called dogma, living in the opinions of other people. So if you tell me, oh, you're never going to hit you. Oh, you're not even. It's funny. I am, I am not a GMSP chess championship. I made it to the finals, right? Only, only losing to Eric Rosen by three games. Two of them were mouse slips, all, all documented. So right, you see it on YouTube. I lost two games literally because of mouse slips. Like it was just like, we, we was like, somehow he has some type of view voodoo where he makes you bounce slip and of course he has the stalemate trick so Earl Rosen is just a character we love him right but um you know I had two games off mouse slips and one he really beat me so that was like the closest match it really was like a one game match but I beat three IMs to get there I remember looking in the comments where like you know uh they was like oh his FIDE rating is only 21 something how I mean he's gonna get crushed in this account and then I beat the first match 
I was winning the first five games I won in a row against an IM. And now it's like, oh, where's that 2100 FIDE come from, right? right? Where did that go, right? Because if I listen to that comment, that's going to make me step back, you know, and stuff like that. And I made it through Shuvalova as well, 2500 FIDE. The next round when people was like, oh, he has no chance. She's 2500 FIDE. And I won by three after a three-hour match, right? So it is definitely, you don't listen to nobody. You listen to yourself and the people that you look up to unless it's negativity they're giving you. If it's negative, you get it out your life, bro. And you have to keep moving and keep pushing and keep working, discipline. Um, you have to be hungry for it and just, you know, focus on you. Set a goal and do it. Don't let anybody mess you up from that goal. All right. Excellent note to end on, James. Always yeah. inspiring. You got me fired up. I might even go study some chess. Let's go, bro. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Dog. Well, Thanks again, man. Good luck in Charlotte. This will be out right after uh, it's over, so we can check Sweet. how you did. But it uh, sounds like a good time down there with the aforementioned Eric Rosen. And uh, yeah, James, glad we could finally make this happen. Hey, man, me too, man. Thanks for having me, of course. And uh, you know, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, Thanks, all right. Guys. And we got to plug everything. So calculation over everything. I told oh, you I'm about to right. order a T-shirt. That's his merch. Let's go. Um, Twitch. Uh, where else? Twitch.tv slash GM Canty. YouTube uh, is James Canty the third. You can also type in Jim Canty, James Canty Chess um that's it youtube twitch uh instagram jim canty i actually get paid for my instagram reels now so you actually if you guys go watch my videos that'd be great just go watch the reels i and i have tiktok now too but on tiktok and instagram i post a lot of workout videos so if people are quite curious about working out or like you know how stuff looks or maybe even form or stuff like that also just chess clips clips from the stream and, and just chess stuff people also that buy merch i post them too in like a highlight reel on instagram instagram's jim canty twitch tv slash gm canty and then my uh, merch site is shop canty merch.com okay i'm an instagram potter but i'm gonna make sure i follow you at, at minimum. <laughs> <laughs> all right james it. thanks again and uh yeah thanks, hope bro. hope uh hope we cross paths at a tournament sometime soon and good luck in charlotte thanks buddy thanks to everyone who helps make perpetual chess possible big shout out to my producer matthew passy i'd also like to thank the blue wire podcast network with whom we are proud to be affiliated be sure to follow us on social media beneficial one on twitter at perpetual chess on instagram and or you can join the perpetual chess facebook group you can email me ben at perpetualchesspod.com and of course last but not least i'd like to give major thanks to the perpetual chess patreon and paypal supporters those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show have access to live zoom q a lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show going over chess games answering questions stuff like that and you can even get access to ad free perpetual chess if that's your preference so but most of all thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you all on the Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.